Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. How are we going? Welcome to church. If you don't know, my name is Daniel Urquhart and uh, I'm uh, going to do the first 15 minutes of the talk today. Welcome everybody listening um, and watching from uh, home as well. But um, what an amazing time of year Christmas is, isn't it? You know, it's such a rich time for family and all the blessings of life. We live in the best country and um, we're the most blessed, of course, Australians. And we've got the, the hot temperatures so we can be outside and all the rest of it. And uh, it's just such an amazing time of year. But what do we know about Christmas? Well, as Christians, we know a lot about Christmas. Of course, it's uh, the you know, anniversary or the celebration of Jesus' birth. Um, what I want to talk about today is just deepening that a little bit. You know, Christmas and Easter, they come and go and we not give it much thought. Um, what I want to do is just dig around a little bit and think about just what happened. Who God is that he would give us such a precious gift. And we're going to talk about that a little bit now. So have a think. The creator of mankind, the heavens and the earth, comes to earth his own creation as a baby, making himself completely vulnerable to mankind. Isn't that an amazing thing? You ever think about mankind and all its frailties and, and God trusted us with his redemptive plan through Jesus Christ in the form of a baby. Now, he could have done it any way that he wanted to, any way possible. Um, the, the people, the Israelites back in the day were expecting Jesus to come as a, um, in what form and fashion and when and how, I'm not sure, but they expected him to come as a warrior and to sort of take back um, what they thought was rightfully theirs. And yet he came as a baby, born in a stable. You know, the stories we hear, they call it a manger, which sounds great, but it was a stable. He was born next to animals and he was wrapped in rags. That's the story of that's the beginning story of our Saviour. It's just an amazing thing to think about. So, what does that say about God? That he'd hide such a precious gift um, in a stable next to animals. Think about royal babies and how much is made of them. You know, everybody knows about it. It's in every paper. It's in every magazine. And yet the king of kings born in a stable, the greatest gift the world has ever known, born next to animals and wrapped in rags. <clears throat> something so special wrapped in something so common. What does that say about God? And the way he started his life, the way Jesus started his life is the way it ended. A man dying with only, his only earthly possession being the rags that clothed him. And isn't it ironic that in his death, they even that took that from him, casting lots for his clothes, essentially valuing the rags he wore more than the gift that he was. And the Bible talks about how it pleased God that, that his son would suffer this way, which is so complexing to think about. None of us would ever wish any upon that, anything like that upon our worst enemies, let alone our own family, our own children. So what does it say about God? What, what is God screaming at us through Jesus Christ that these things would happen? 
that something so precious could be missed so easily. But for the hungry, all of his life, Jesus was easily missed. His whole life, nobody realised who he was. But for the hungry. Have a listen to Isaiah um, verse, sorry, chapter 53. Who has believed our message? And whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of the dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract him to us, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one whose people hide their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem and surely he took up our pain. He bore our suffering and yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. By his wounds we are healed. And we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before the shearers is silent. So he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Though he had, none, he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth, and yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and to cause him to suffer. And, though the, and through the Lord makes his life an offering for sin. He will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. And after he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many. And he will bear their inequities. Therefore, I give him a portion among the great, and, they will, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for transgressors. Where the transgressors? God is the promise maker and he said he will. And he did. This, this scripture that we're reading is hundreds of years before Jesus come along. And yet how precise is it in its depiction of what Jesus would suffer through? Even people that only have a limited understanding of Jesus um, and don't even necessarily believe the message, would understand enough to know that that is Jesus. And yet that was put together and promised, prophesied by God before Jesus was um, hundreds of years before Jesus was even uh, born in that stable. Isn't that an amazing message? That through everything that he suffered, everything that he lacked, he did for us, that we could have breakthrough that we could have everything that we need in God and in life. But for that to happen, somebody had to pay the penalty. Somebody had to pay the price. And it pleased the Father. It pleased the Father. Not so much that his son suffered, 
but that he'd be willing to suffer for us. That baby that was born in a manger, so easily missed, so easily misunderstood, and yet so precious and so amazingly generous of God that he'd give us Jesus. Jesus is so easily missed on earth and always has been. The greatest act of love and sacrifice, the single most precious thing that has ever happened to mankind, not accepted or understood by most. What does it say about God and what does this say about mankind? This really needs to be something that stands out as important to us. Firstly, that God is always better than we think. He always has a plan. Secondly, that it's within us as mankind to miss things. To hold as precious those things that are worthless and to sometimes not engage with the precious, to not understand its, its value. It's within us as mankind to do that. And I think as, as the season that we're in is Christmas, we can talk about all the things that we know about, about, about Christmas season, about God and Jesus and all that sort of stuff, and, and we should. But what I'd like to leave us with is just that thought. What does it say about God that Jesus came so hidden, if you will, so common, Something so precious in such a common, if not backwards, setting. He was born in a stable, wrapped in rags. And the way he came into the earth is similar to the way he came out, with nothing. All for us. God hides things for the hungry. We don't know why. Maybe it's just the way it is. Maybe it's important to God that we see him as precious the precious gift that he is. But to do that, we need to stop valuing the rags that we hold onto. Or maybe it's important to God that once we're finished with a life of empty and temporal, we'll better recognise the precious and the eternal. One benefit that we have as, as believers is that we've crossed over, the Bible says, from life, from death to life. And so we can, we can kind of look at our old life and we can go, well, I don't want that. You know, my life is so much better now in Jesus Christ. But what we need to come to terms with is sometimes life deadens us to the precious gift that we have of salvation. This is an amazing time for us to remember that Jesus is easily missed. He's missed by most. Let it... Let it let it not be missed by us. Let us remember that the fact that we can be here today and we can think about Jesus in this way. Imagine missing him. Imagine missing this precious gift, everything that God said for hundreds of years before Jesus came on the scene. Imagine if we miss that. That he says that by his, by his stripes we are healed and that we're forgiven because he took the punishment that was on us, all hidden in a stable. And then as he grew up, all missed by most. Even his disciples missed it, really, until the end. It wasn't until he was gone that they realised exactly what Jesus was talking about this whole time. 
We're in an amazing position as Christians, believers in God, that we would understand this precious gift and live it out. There's a scripture, and it's um, not exactly sure off the top of my head where it is, but it's, it talks about us being ambassadors, ambassadors for God. And, and it says something really amazing. It says, it's as though God is making his appeal through us. Be reconciled to God. Because this is the thing. God is never silent about what he's done and what he's doing. We just have to take care to notice and hear. And once we tune in, we find that God's actually screaming. You know, this thing that happened in that stable, God didn't hide that away. That was there in black and white for anybody who wanted to see that it was going to happen. And it was fairly clear. Um, He put a star in the sky. You know, he pointed a lot of people to it. He pointed the hungry to it. You know, there were people um, that understood that it was coming and people that even just seeing Jesus when he was a baby recognised that this is the Messiah. God is screaming his plan of redemption. It's just for the hungry. It's for the intent. It's for those who desire to know what God's up to. So we're going to pray. We're just going to finish off. But just remembering that it's easy to miss the most important things in life, but don't miss this. Don't miss Jesus. Now, for those of us who have said yes to him, let us just, just be so thankful for this season. So thankful for our God and everything he's done. And for those who don't know Jesus, just take that step forward. What's going to be your next step? Because I can tell you, hundreds of years before Jesus was born, this promise was in black and white for the hungry. You know, he's done amazing things. There's not one thing he's held back from us, our Father. What does that say about our God? Not one thing he held back from us. Gave his only begotten Son. That who would ever believe in him will have eternal life. But not only eternal life, he says that I want to give you an abundant life on earth. I want to give you, all of you, an abundant life. Imagine if somebody came up to you and said, hey, I want to give you an abundant life. (laughs) Who would walk away from that? Who wouldn't be attentive to what's the next step? Okay, well, tell me what I've got to do. What's the next step? Just believe in my son. Even though he started off in obscurity, just believe in my son. Even though he didn't have anything attractive for you to look at him, the blue eyes that we might see on telly and the long flowing hair, even though he might not have looked like that, believe in my son. Because in the son, if we're willing to put aside our rags, we get the benefit of an abundant life and an eternal life. In Jesus' name. Father, we just thank you for this amazing um, group of people and the people watching. Father, we just thank you that this season will be a breakthrough season. Lord God, that the heaviness, Lord God, will be replaced by joy and peace because you promised it, Lord. And I pray that we would hold fast, Lord God, and that we would recognise what we have. And this season would be a good reminder to us, Lord God, that whatever's going on, you've got it and you're in control. Jesus' name. Amen. Continue to talk about something um, Dan mentioned um, throughout his message that Jesus, the the Savior of our world, something so special, came in such humble wrappings. He came in cloth, and and the the same way he entered, the same way he exited earth. We're going to, we're going to, Talk about this a bit more, about these wrappings as we come to Christmas and presents and wrappings. And so I've got two quick stories. 
Um, and the first one is um, a story about one of my Christmases. Um, I don't like surprises. My wife and I are six months pregnant. Uh, we have two little kids already. And with the first two, we found out the gender. But with this one, we didn't find out. And it is killing me. I don't like surprises. I feel like it's like putting a, a chocolate bar in the fridge and going, no, 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 we'll eat it in nine months' time. I'm like, why? I can eat the chocolate now. I'll buy another one in nine months' time. Like, I don't like surprises. And so me and my brother at Christmas time, we used to, uh, my mum and dad weren't too savvy when we were a bit younger, and they just used to put all our presents in the wardrobe and then wrap them a couple of days before Christmas. So me and my brother, we, we knew what to do. We'd just go into my parents' closet a few, a few weeks before Christmas and we'd check out and get to see what we're getting for Christmas. But after a while, when we could guess absolutely every single present we were getting, my parents clued on. and was like, okay, these guys are looking at their presents. Um, so this one year, I wanted an eye toy. And if you don't know what an eye toy is, um, it was like one of the very first interactive games that like a, a console, but without having to use a controller, you use the camera. So you'd hook this camera up to your game and um, you would be on the screen and like you could hit things. And there was this one game where there would just be a ninja roof I don't know what a ninja roof is, Google it. A ninja roof and these little ninjas would run across the roof and you'd be on the screen and you got to slap the ninjas off the roof. It was the best game. I wanted this game, I toy for Christmas. But my parents clued on and they knew what I wanted, my special I toy present. So what they did was they thought they'd beat us. So as soon as they bought all our Christmas presents, they wrapped all of them up and put them under the tree. It was like a sucked in to us. Like They're there, they're already wrapped so you can't see them. They almost got us, except me and my brother decided we'd just wait for a night when my mum and dad went out with my sister, and me and my brother went, and we went under the tree, we got all the presents with our names on it, and we checked how they were wrapped and sticky taped. So then we just unwrapped them, looked at all our presents and wrapped them all back up and put them under the tree. So we still found out, and I got my eye toy. I, I found out early, I didn't have to wait, that my special present, the eye toy, was wrapped under the tree. But at Christmas time, the Christmas story that we talk about, uh, the birth of Jesus. And so we wanna, I want to use this same idea of something special wrapped in something so humble, so common, as we look at the story of Jesus. So I'm going to share. We don't have time to go through the whole thing, and I'm sure you probably don't want to see me reading the whole thing. You've heard it before, so I'll do a summarized version. So there was Mary. She encountered God's Spirit and fell pregnant with the Savior of the world. And the person she was meant to be married to, Joseph, um, he, he got a vision from an angel as well and said, hey, you're going to be the father of this child, Jesus. You're going to be the savior of the world. They go to Bethlehem and, and Jesus, the savior of the world, is born. Sounds glamorous. We sing songs about how incredible it was. But let's look at this story in a, a little bit more detail. And we can see how humble the beginnings, how humble this special gift of the Savior to the world, how humble it was wrapped. We have Mary, who's a teenager who's pregnant out of wedlock. On top of that, she, she's pregnant out of wedlock back in the time that she was um, pregnant. We also ha have her claiming to be a virgin. She says to God, how can I be pregnant? I'm a virgin. So She's, she's pregnant. Even Joseph, who is set to be married to her, even he was like, no, uh, we're not going to get married anymore because she's pregnant, obviously, and it's not my kid, so 
So he's, he's trying to figure out a way to end the marriage. When he gets a vision from an angel to say he's going to father this child, he's actually working out how to try and, with dignity, end the marriage. This is the reality of the, 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 the situation. And she's claiming to be a virgin. So people, we know now, people have faith. Some people don't. This, this young teenager pregnant out of wedlock claiming uh, that she's a virgin, people would have seen her as crazy or just a liar. This is the reality of the situation. She also would have been discounted. A young female who has a baby in a manger. It sound, we, we sing it and it sounds nice, a manger. It was next to animals wrapped in cloth, as Dan said. This was the reality of the situation. This was the, the wrappings that our Savior was gifted to the world, such humble wrappings. You're like, why are you talking about this? And I think our Christmas can be like this sometimes. Even not our Christmas, just our lives. We can, we can have this experience. We, we understand that the, the Savior of our world came. And at Christmas time, we celebrate the birth of Jesus who died on the cross for us. And there's people around us who might not understand. Other people who don't have faith, who, who might think we're crazy. There's other people that don't have the understanding that we do. And they might discount us, count us as crazy, count us as clueless or, or gullible. That might be our experience. And even though this was Mary's experience, we can learn how to respond and how to, how to step into Christmas time when we look at how Mary did it. So when you read the story, it's easy to miss that this was the reality of the situation. Because Mary knew, instead of focusing on the circumstances around her, instead of focusing on, on what other people might have thought, she just looked at what the gift that she had. She looked at how special the gift of Jesus in her tummy was. Instead of looking at the humble wrappings of the gift, she looked at how special the gift was. And this is what we can do. Christmas is a time for joy. We can choose joy. We can choose to approach Christmas how we choose. In the Bible, it says, be joyful. It doesn't say try to be joyful when you can. It says to rejoice, be joyful. Because when we have, we have an encounter the same way Mary had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. I don't think we're pregnant with the Savior, but we have an encounter with the Holy Spirit and, and we have the Holy Spirit living in us when we become Christian. And we, we have the choice to choose joy. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness. The way Mary responded to, to that situation was to be joyful and rejoice and be happy and celebrate the gift of Jesus Christ. And so as we approach Christmas, whatever our circumstances, whatever our situation, whether our family are believers or non-believers, whether our friends and the people that we're around at Christmas time, I think the biggest thing we can do is, is to approach it how Mary did. And let's just celebrate and celebrate and let, let the Holy Spirit live through us. The Bible talks about the Holy Spirit. Uh, um, it talks about us as Christians being a light to the world. We're like a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. It's attractive. And, and that's the Holy Spirit working through us. It's attractive. And so at Christmas time, when, when we're spending time with our families, when we're spending time with our friends, we can be a light. We can be a, 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 such a light. And how I... I I think it's awesome when we, when we share the gospel. The gospel is what changes people's lives, but the way we live our life, when we actually choose to let the Holy Spirit lead and be joyful and be kind and be gentle, be patient, people see it, and that in itself is such a light. We, we, we sing a song, and it, it's about Jesus. When you walk into the room, everything changes. 
at Christmas time, we have the Holy Spirit in us. We're, we're taking Jesus out. We're taking God's Spirit out into our families and friends. And when, when your friends and family have an encounter with you, uh, when, when, when you walk into the room at Christmas time, when you spend time with your friends and families, what changes? When you walk away and leave a conversation, what changes? At Christmas time, I think more than ever, we can take a moment and go, God, I'm going to celebrate this gift. No matter the circumstance, no matter the situation, like Mary, she didn't look at what the, what the gift was wrapped in. She didn't look at the wrappings, look at the circumstance and the mess that surrounded it. She looked at the gift and rejoiced it and, and took on life in that joy. And we can do the same at Christmas. I think that's the first thing that we take away from this story. And the second thing that gets me really excited is a new family. So as Dan alluded to, uh, for hundreds of years, there were thousands of years, there was prophecies about the Savior. And one of the prophecies was that, they, uh, that Jesus, the Savior of the world, would be a descendant of King David. And Mary was Jesus' mother, and Mary wasn't a descendant of King David. She wasn't. But Joseph, who was Jesus' legal father, who fathered Jesus, he was a descendant of King David. And when we look at this, what's exciting about him? I go, oh, why does that make sense? Because the story of Christmas, the Savior being born into our world, is a story of adoption that is adopted into this, this lineage of King David, and that fulfills the prophecy. And as we come around Christmas time, that's another thing that we take away and remember that we're adopted into the family of God, that we're adopted into God's family. I want to read a quick Bible verse, Ephesians 1, verse 4 to 6. It says, Long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind, had settled on us as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. And what a pleasure he took in planning this. You are something special. We get adoption into God's family through Jesus Christ. And at Christmas time, your wrappings might not look that great. I don't know what your life looks like. I don't know your circumstances. But like Mary, when she approached it, she didn't look at her wrappings. She looked at the present. We too, we are actually a gift that God's called us to be a part of his family. And so instead of looking at our inadequacies, at our failures, at our own wrappings that might not cut it, that might not make it, we can remember that Jesus came in the most humble wrappings and he was adopted into the family of God. And us too, as we come around Christmas time, we're adopted into God's family through his son Jesus. That was, that's what Jesus came for, so that we can be a part of that family. You and me, all of us together, are part of God's family. And the world wasn't ready. The world wasn't ready for a, a, a humble Jesus. The Savior that we got was not a Savior that the world was ready for. From all the other prophecies, they expected Jesus to be this mighty warrior who, who took on the world with a, with a sword and overthrew the government. But Jesus, in his, in his awesome understanding, with a, with a little slap of humility, brings Jesus in the most humblest of situations, brings such a special gift, something so special, wrapped in something so humble. And at Christmas time, I want us to get this, that no matter how humble our wrappings are, no matter who we are, no matter what our lineage is, no matter our past, no matter the family we come from, it doesn't matter. 
What matters is your heart. What matters is, is we go seeking. That's all that God looks for, and we're adopted into his family simply because of that, because we choose him. At Christmas time, it's a time to celebrate. Celebrate how good God is. Let, let the Holy Spirit live and lead through us. Let's be a light to this world. There is darkness. There is, there is people who are hurting and broken, and we're called to be a light in this world. Let's be a light. Let's, let's get around family or friends, whether they're believers or not. Let's celebrate the, 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 the birth of our Savior and be a light. Be love. Be patient. Be kind. And, and, and you are able to do that. Every single person in this room is able to do that. You're called to do that. You're called and designed and made to be a part of the family, to be adopted into God's family. So I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to invite Dan and Trish up, and we're going to continue the convo, talk more about Christmas and give text through questions. Um, so let's pray. Dear God, we thank you so much for, for your son. Thank you so much for Christmas, for family. Thank you that you've called us to be uh, a part of your will, to make an impact and at this time when we're able to get around other people, we can slow down, take a break and, and have good proper interactions. We just pray that your Holy Spirit guide and lead us to be a light, to be patient and kind and show this world your love, to reconcile your children to you as we celebrate the birth of, and what you did sending your son to earth. We, we are so thankful, God, for you, for your son, for your spirit and for Christmas. And we just pray that, that God, you continue to change us and that this Christmas that you can help shape and turn and mold us to become more like your son, how you've called us to be. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au And thanks again for listening.